Here's a message from Ken Lavica. There are death wishes, and then there's messing with Mike Tyson on a plane. Stone Labanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. It's one of my favorite quote-unquote sports stories, but also absolutely terrifying. It's both of them wrapped up in one beautiful airplane confrontation package. Ken Levick alive Thursday, ESPN 106.3, free ESPN app, smart speaker. In the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off of the hot and steamy Intracoastal. Thursday means that the matriarch of this program, she is the show mom. She has arrived, and she is Keely Ferguson, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29, and like Theo Dorsey, one of the faces, but she is the boss face. The boss. <laughs> the boss face. The boss of the best damn local TV sports in the world, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. Did you get all your laundry and all your chores done? What are we allowed to say and not allowed to say on the air? Right. Did he just go ahead and air that out? No, no, that's fine. And when I say allowed to say it, not allowed to say it. Like, what curse words can I say? Can I say H E double hockey sticks? Yeah, absolutely. Hell no. Uh, I didn't do it. <laughs> you know what happened? Here's what happened. Well, first off, thank you for that wonderful introduction. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. But here's the thing when you said hot and steamy, I thought you meant me. I didn't know you well, meant hot and always, steamy. Intracoastal. Again, if you want a hot and steamy MC for your event with yes. perfect teeth. Then yep. With perfect yes. curly white teeth, yes. Keely Ferguson, go ahead and call me. Yes, yes, yes. I'll hook, I'll hook you up. And then when you said, like, Theo, and I was like, because we're both black? Oh, no, because you're both on TV. Okay, I didn't know, Ken. No, I'm just messing I know. <laughs> but then I would have left out Tyree, too, Tyree Smith. Listen. Which would have been very offensive. Listen, GKB came through with the, <laughs> with the hiring. GKB, with the, where the B means black. With the, <laughs> Yeah. You know, we were doing so good. <laughs> and then once again, I we were, torpedoed everything. We were doing so uh-huh. good. Know, we were I doing know. so good. I apologize. No, but I, I did not get any laundry done. I did drop off the dog. Okay, good. I did um, go grocery shopping. Okay. Um, now, whether I'm going to cook tonight, I don't know. I typically do not cook on Thursdays. Um, so we'll see. Pizza night? Pizza night, anybody? They just had pizza a couple nights ago. I try, I try to do something. What different. is the what is the rule about this? All right, because there are a number of times, and I feel like this was a family rule growing up. I've acquired it as a family rule for our family. But if you eat something during the week, you can't eat it again during the week. It's like, hey, you feel like chicken tonight? Oh, but we had that on Tuesday. Like that's a thing in my household. But I think it's silly. Because if you want to go back to that, that pizza well or that chicken well or, that, or that, that, that pork well another time during the week, shouldn't you be able to if everybody says, you know what, I'm all in on, on roast beef tonight. So uh, what's your mama's name? Because Greg is your dad. Yeah, dad, yeah. Right? Greg's the dad and Joyce is the mom. Jo- Joyce. Oh. Joyce is a gem. Joyce uh-huh. is the best name. Rejoice for Joyce and that she put up with Ken. Oh, my God. Well, she raised me, so she's actually at fault for what has... Uh... Don't you don't put that on your mom. Don't put that on Miss Joyce. <laughs> I've got to take personal responsibility. Don't put that on Miss Joyce. Yes. But I, here's my thing. I So my son and daughter are both picky eaters. Okay. So I try to vary the meals to introduce them to newer meals. Or else they'll get an addiction to what they actually want to eat. You're going to have pizza rehab. I get it. Correct. I get it. And because, not that pizza's quote-unquote bad. I don't like to use good and bad when it comes to foods. But I try not to have them eat quote-unquote kid food or bad food or less healthy food multiple times a week if I can help it. I got it. So we do have pizza usually once a week. 
It's a nice little frozen pizza that I get from the store okay. that I found that they like. I found a couple of little other little frozen dishes that they like because my life is chaotic mm-hmm. and it's easy. But I do it on certain days. So it's kind of like Wednesday. Generally, last night we didn't do it. But Wednesday is cr- Crock-Pot chicken night. Oh, Crock-Pot. I like mm. that. It's nice and nice and moist, nice yeah. and juicy. I just, like that. Are we still talking about chicken? Yeah, we're talking about chicken. But I'm I, just I mean, saying, yeah, I got to check yeah, with I like chicken. juicy I don't meat. know. In the Crock-Pot. Right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, it's funny. So, you know what's peculiar, Stone? And we're going to get to Mike Tyson punching a, uh, a man on a plane in a second here. Um, so, I don't know if you had in the Labanowitz household, but we had a pizza night. And pizza night was always Friday. Friday, that's what you mm-hmm. looked forward to. A long, hard week of going to school uh, and the parents... Uh, they're, they're, they're making money for the household, and they're supporting the family, and you come home, and you take out the TV trays, and you order up an extra-large pizza, and you watch reruns of The Simpsons mm. and Seinfeld <laughs> on mm. your local Fox station, and you enjoy pizza night. That was Friday's at the Levicka household. Mm-hmm. Did mm-hmm. Labanowitz's have a, uh, a pizza night? I got to ask first, is that a Chicago thing? Like, was that normal I don't know, maybe, around no. the neighborhood? I think it's a fan. <laughs> no, it's not like when you're raised in Chicago, someone runs into the street and says, Oh my goodness! It's pizza night, and everybody just dials the <laughs> like an phone. Ice, it's and like then, an ice cream truck, right? With, yeah. with, with pizza. It, guys, it's Friday. It's pizza night. No, that's not how it worked. Um, but but Friday night at the Lavica household was pizza night. That's what that's what we did. Mm. I've never heard of regular pizza early in the week, a Monday or Tuesday mm-hmm. pizza night. For me and for the Labanowitz family, I think it was really when the kids asked for. It. If we if me and my brother came together and asked mom, hey. We want pizza tonight. We got pizza. How often that happened? A lot. A lot. I was gonna say. A lot. I didn't feel like. I feel like there were some boundaries, but not a ton of boundaries in the Levanowitz household. Very accurate. (laughs) (laughs) You know what though? Because here's the thing. It's just Stone. You'll find uh, this out when Pebbles is born. But (laughs) when you have kids, one of the things they tell you is everybody eats the same meal. And that sounds really good until they start working on your nerves at about 18 months mm-hmm. old and they want a certain thing or you know they're not going to eat this thing. And you try to vary it as much as you can, but it's just like, dude, you can have peanut butter and jelly every night. I just don't. Like, I care, but right now I don't care. Just eat something. Well, right now with my four-year-old, I'm about to just say, fend for yourself. <laughs> Put yourself to sleep. You find your own dinner. I don't care. Find a way to get to, to daycare. I don't care. Not find a way to get to daycare. She'll have to call the baby Uber. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> baby Uber or use those little legs that uh, she's, she's developed uh, because I'm, I'm about done with, uh, with that chick. Okay, but, look, That four-year-old is driving me insane. Four-year-old estrogen is rough. I'm oh not, not going to lie. Because, you know, our kids are only like three weeks apart. Yeah. Our, our oldest are a couple months apart. Right. And our youngest are like three weeks apart. I want to know what you guys think about this because my mom said she raised me this way. Mm-hmm. Never feed the kids three square meals a day. Only feed them when they say they're hungry or else they're going to be used to eating at a certain time and sit down. And that's what causes obesity. And that's what causes like, you know, kids just to eat all day. I agree and disagree. I have a friend that thinks that same thing. But you may want to eat when I, I'm not prepared. Right. So I don't have time. Like, we need to have a schedule. But what I do allow my kids to do is when they're done, they're done. Mm, I don't make them clean their plate. I I do make them generally, like, try something that I can see they really have not tried. For sure. You've got to at least try it. Um, Abby ate all her salad salad last night. There you go. See? See? But... but I don't make them finish their food. And if they say if they don't eat anything and they say they're not hungry, I trust them that they're not hungry. Now, I mean, you no have snack to, later. But what you have to understand is, <laughs> mm-hmm. when we're done, we're done. Yeah, there ain't no goldfish being broken right. out at seven right. thirty. Uh, right, yeah. like oh, I want goldfish. Mm, did you? Well, see what had happened was. Uh huh. Yeah, about that. I we're get done. it. I get it. I'm You're st- gonna have to wait till the morning. Right. Like I saw your plate. There was still food on it. Sorry, no goldfishies. Exactly. Today. Okay. Well, what if they start crying right there? Too bad. Deal with it. Too yep. bad. Go, go, so go cry in your room. Get yep. out of my get out of my space. Just go. Yep. Order DoorDash, four-year-old. Yeah. Yep. Fend for yourself. Yeah. Baby Uber. You can go pick something up. I don't care. Now, go to CVS. You know he doesn't say it like that, right? You know kids <laughs> Oh, I know damn like well, well he doesn't say it well, like that. Well, my wife handles all that stuff. But, yeah, I mean, I, if, if I were to handle that stuff, that's how I would say but it. But generally what I'll say is, when I tell them to go to their room, I say, I think you need some time to go to your room. Mm-hmm. You need some time yeah. by yourself. Or, or I go to my room. I say, I'm all done. Just Mommy's your, all done. Turn your back on him real yeah. quick. I do. I say, Actually, Mommy's all done. You know what I do? Like, this is not going to surprise Mommy, you. Mommy, you're in timeout. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> what I do is I, like, this is the most, I'm like, keep crying. 
Keep crying. Oh, it sounds I great. can see like, it. Keep crying. No, it sounds good. Everybody, everybody's <laughs> loving this in the house. Just keep crying. So I'm, I'm condescending and sarcastic to my four and five year old as well. It's not just people at ESPN West Palm. Okay, I'm a jerk at home too. You I'm need the same to see person. somebody about that. Oh, no, I might I use that move in the future. There I like it. Don't All right. do that. I yeah. like it. Acquire Thank you. Yeah. Here's why I'm saying don't do that because they don't get sarcasm. <laughs> so you're just wasting. Oh, your so breath. It's, it's just being mean. They're, they don't sense the sarcasm. Someday, but right now, yeah. no, keep crying, just keep crying, sweetheart. Everybody loves it. You're right, you're right. Things are good. Thumbs up, right? Um, so, so that's how I parent. A little bit different. A uh, good parent, Keely. Bad parent, no. Eh, this guy. But um, <laughs> bad parent. So I want to. I I I I need I need to 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 read you this story, Keely. Yes, Keely. I just wanted to say something really quick. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Stone Labanowitz. Yeah. Um, for once again coming through. Yeah. With the stories out for us. Mm. Yeah, oh, I know. He's the best producer Stone. in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast. Damn right. Hey, Tina, home team, you hear that? The best well, producer at ESPN 106.3 is Stone That's not Tina's fault. Oh, Tina, you're doing a great job of producing uh, all of the stories you don't print out. Doing wonderful. Thumbs up. That's not Tina's fault. Now you, yeah, listen. Oh, man. I'm Good just job, gonna, Stone. I'm just going to keep my mouth closed. And no, I'm, well, thank you, Stone. The man's prepared. The man is prepared. I like it, yeah, Stone. He is, he, is, he is on it. Um, so this story resonated with me when I saw it this morning. I saw it right around, oh, I don't know, 9.15 or so. Because, one, it's wildly entertaining. Two, it's insane. And three, it happens to be a recurring nightmare of mine. Okay? <laughs> so it checks all of these boxes. This is from TMZ. Mike Tyson seemed to lose his cool on a plane Wednesday night, repeatedly punching a man in the face after the guy had apparently annoyed him. TMZ Sports has learned the incident went down at around 10.30 p.m. Pacific time as Tyson was slated to fly out of San Francisco International Airport to Florida because, of course, there's a Florida connection. (laughs) A witness on the plane says as he and his friend were boarding Tyson's flight, the boxing legend was initially cool with them and the other passengers. Video we obtained showed Tyson throwing a flurry of blows at the man (laughs) after the man initially took photos with Tyson, only then to continue to bother him. At some point, Tyson expressed annoyance at the man talking in his ear, asked him to spot, uh, stop. He did not stop, and Tyson then proceeded to punch the man repeatedly. The witness says that Mike walked off the plane just seconds after bloodying the passenger's forehead. We're told the man who was punched received medical attention and then went to the police over the incident. We've reached out to the cops for comment, but so far, no word yet. We've also reached out to the airline and Tyson's camp for comment on the incident. No word back yet there either. We as in TMZ. Uh TMZ. So, Mike Tyson, on a plane, the man who maybe. In the world, if you were going to ask me three people that I would not mess with or anger in any way, shape, or form, I wouldn't be sarcastic. I wouldn't be a jerk like I am to Tina or my kids. One person, or at least in a list of three, Mike Tyson is in that conversation and probably near the top. Who are the other two? Um, The other two would probably be, it's a great question, Brock Lesnar. Okay. He's probably up there because he's a little unhinged, uh-huh. just like Mike Tyson is. Uh-huh. And the other one is probably my wife. <laughs> that is a strong list. <laughs> Brock Lesnar, Mike Tyson, and my wife. Those are the three, okay? Um, but can you imagine? You see Mike Tyson. I understand. Oh, look, it's Mike Tyson. That's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. And I've heard he's fairly approachable if you like want to take a picture. Mm-hmm. Which this guy did. But Which he did. But, but in true American airport or airline jackass fashion, mm-hmm. someone couldn't mind their own damn business. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what happened. You got punched out. You legitimately got punched out on a plane by Mike Tyson. And I'm telling you, this is just a symptom of the airline the airplane, the airport experience, mm-hmm. because every time I fly, which is many, 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 many times during the course of the year because mm-hmm. of all the work I do with FAU, with play-by-play, I see stuff that makes me want to react like that. Now, I'm not going to do it because I'm not Mike Tyson, okay? <laughs> I'm not Mike Tyson. I can't get away with that. Chances are it's coming back to me. Nobody's coming back at Mike Tyson. Right. But if you can't respect Mike Tyson's boundaries to a point where he gets so pissed off that he's trying to knock you out on the plane, then I I don't know what to tell you.
Mm-hmm. You've got no hope. Mm-hmm. But this is fairly consistent when it comes to traveling. Yeah. I cannot believe, but I kind of can, that not even Mike Tyson can have a peaceful airline experience. And that was going to be a long flight. A long flight. We're talking cross country. That's yeah. one, like a five-hour flight Gotta San Francisco. Be. to. I'm yeah. assuming he was coming to South Florida. Yeah. It's why the hell would anybody go anywhere else? Well, here's the thing. Any part of Florida, that's five-hour oh, flight. Oh, any part of Florida. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> that's a five-hour flight. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I was thinking, what usually or do I see consistently at the airport or on an airplane that makes me feel like Mike Tyson did last night, mm-hmm. where this dumbass is just walking up. Can we take a picture? Sure, sure, sure. Picture. Thanks. Thanks, Iron Mike. You got it. Guy sits down. <laughs> is hey, man. your Tyson voice? Yeah. yeah. Well, it'll be able to... <laughs> you got it, man. I don't know. Um, it's so, good. I like it. Yeah. I, I need a little lisp there, too, but now I'm afraid. Mike's already done something last <laughs> right, night. Like, right. He's, he's probably, and he's in Florida. He might be in Florida right <laughs> now. And he's in Florida. Yeah. Mike, love you. Um, but but I I was like, what would make me react like that? I mean, a jackass in my ear on a plane the entire time, that would make me angry. That would make me angry. But I promise you, the thing that drives me most crazy, the thing that makes me want to punch people more often than not, is when you stand up to get off the plane and someone in one of the rows behind you just rushes right past you with their bag. There's a system to that. You wait. It's row by row. Right, left, right, left, right, left. Because the seats are just a little bit offset from one another. Every row is in front of another row, just barely. Okay. Right, left, right, left, right, left. Not three rows behind. Uh, it's not your turn unless you have a connecting flight and you notify the stewardess, the flight attendant. Sorry. That's not why I looked at you like that, but go ahead. Uh, unless you notify them that I got to get off the plane and I have a connecting flight, uh uh-uh. uh. You wait, your backside back there, and you wait until my row goes and the row goes and that row goes, and then it's your turn. That makes me want to react like Mike Tyson. I hate that more than anything that I experience in traveling. Wait your damn turn to get off the plane. <clears throat> wow. I'm telling you. I, I mean, I agree 100% with Ken. That, that is my number one pet peeve, too, because Have some when, when somebody gets in front of me, the first place my head goes is, do you think where you're going is more important mm-hmm. than where I'm going? Mm-hmm. Right. So the arrogance, it, mm-hmm. it, I boil over. So I, I feel you 100%. Too, like when, we're all going to the same place for our bag. We're all going to the same carousel. See you down there. Right. So what are you rushing off the plane for? And if you're a row behind me, Wait 40 seconds and you'll be off the plane. Sure, you might have the old geriatric who's having trouble getting his bag out of the uh, the bin. I mean, but be you know nice. what? We'll take care of that. I'll take care of that for you so that you're not inconvenienced any further. Uh, not paying attention, earbuds in, tattoo on your calf, 24-year-old going on spring break. <laughs> I'll do this for you, okay? Ooh, judgmental. Yeah, I'm just saying it. There's a type of person that does that on a regular basis, too. And they gain over the age of 30. Uh, well, that's because we don't move as fast. But you I have some respect. So I can't think when you when you sent that story, I couldn't think of anything that specifically gives me like that is a pet peeve of mine. And probably mostly because for the last six years, I've been traveling with a child mm-hmm. or children. And by the way, if you're on a plane and you're complaining about kids being on the plane with you, you know what? Shut it. Yeah. Put in earbuds. Yeah. You can drown it out. Yeah. I, Sorry. And I, and I uh, think. It, I've experienced a lot. I'm very traumatized. You know, and I and I will say, thankfully, I haven't had any issues with my children at all on the plane. They're good. Crying or anything good. like that. Good. Never. Um, knock on wood. And then w- with uh, Xavier being autistic, the most recent time we've flown, um, there are, I know Fort Lauderdale Airport does this and a lot of other airports do this, where they have uh, protocols in place mm-hmm. for people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. So we were able to board first. You just have to make sure you do your homework on it because they're not going to just give it to you. I had to do my homework to see if there right. were any protocols. We Because then it. everybody would be like, oh, right. I've got an issue. Right. Got, uh, oh, my <laughs> arm hurts. Can I get on first? <laughs> we skipped the TSA lines right. and, and all those things. But we called ahead of time and sent emails and stuff like that. Most people aren't going to do that. Um, having said that, when it comes to people rushing off the plane, and again, with kids, I just wait. I just, we're always the last people off the plane. because Because I will say a pet peeve of mine is People that don't have their stuff together. Yeah, get your like, stuff put together. quickly. Yeah, get your like, bag out from under the seat. Quickly. Yeah. You know, I, like, it takes it, once you land, you still got another five, ten minutes before you even get 
to the jetway. Yeah. So to get your stuff together. Like, don't be getting your stuff together while we're all waiting on you. Right. And so, which is why I wait to last because I don't want people looking at me like, I'm sure. Come, come on, sure. get your stuff together. Same thing for the TSA line. Like, if you have kids, I give you a little bit of grace, kind yeah, of, but, but not really. Get and, those shoes <laughs> off. Get right. your electronics out. Get that tablet in another right. bin. Pay attention. Well, you it's it's all about being proactive and prepared before you get there. Yeah. So have kind of, because TSA is going to jack it up anyway. Oh, yeah. But at least have it prepared so you can get it all out together and then put it together as best you can. Once you're on the other end and through, people don't care. Yeah. But it's on the on the front end where it's like, you got to find this and you got to take this thing out and this thing out. Like, you didn't know you had to do that before you got here. Speaking of the T- That would be my pet peeve. Speaking of the TSA line, while we're on the topic, things that make you want to punch people at the airport. <laughs> Or on an airplane like Mike Tyson did last night to that idiot on his flight from San Francisco to South. I mean, how dumb do you have to be to bother Mike Tyson to a point where he's punching you, punching you on a plane? A man who's in prison, a man who was killing people nearly in the boxing ring. (laughs) And you're going to sit here after all you know about Mike Tyson and you're going to bother him to a point. Because I'm sure like Mike Tyson, he's... He's um he's he's definitely in a lot more zen place than he was 25 30 years ago. I'm sure that he's medicated to a point where he, he is even keel <laughs> and 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 think right. Uh, he's, yes, depending on your definition of medicated. I mean there's there the, the, the you've seen Mike Tyson's podcast. Some people yes. have seen Mike Tyson's podcast, right? It's titled Flying High. Yeah. There's yeah. a reason that it's named that and they partake in what they partake in so that Mike can even out a little bit. But if you And are, this happened on 420, he should have been good. Wow. I know. There's no doubt he was good. So it's not like you could probably do a lot on 420 with Mike Tyson before he snaps and starts punching you in right. the temple over And he was and over. coming from California. Right. Oh man. Right. You were really annoying. You know exactly it, it, what it, he killed us high. He was probably in a great <laughs> frame of mind getting on that That's plane. That's probably what pissed them off. Yeah, until <laughs> Jackass Mick Jack Mick Jackerson came on the <laughs> flight and, and and bothered him. But if you're in the TSA line I understand you want to fly in comfort, all right? I understand that some of you like the feel I know of where air going. on your feet, okay? <laughs> but if you are traveling, wear socks. Yeah. There is nothing more revolting, grimier than you people taking off your shoes in the TSA line and standing on that bare floor where thousands of travelers are coming through and, and dropping pets. stuff and pets and walking on that tile in your bare yeah. What are you doing? Have some respect for you yourself. You're gross savage. Keely, you see how he's staring at me? <laughs> Wait, that's you? It is me. I mean, it's he knows just this. brutal. It's Br- me. Bring yourself some socks. And he, and he well, I, I try sometimes. Because it's, it's, it's gross. I roll around in flip-flops and slides all the time. And if I'm pulling up in athletic attire, I got sweatpants on and I got Under Armour slides, Nike slides on. And it is probably the most humiliating two minutes of my life. But I would say like 70% of the time, I am the barefooted guy going through the scanner. And Stone, you're young. And the the only reason I bring that up is because this has been your life for flying. Yes. Because we've been taking off shoes for 20 years at this point. Because I remember when the shoe bomber came in. That was like 2001, 2002. It was right after 9-11. So it was like late 2001, early 2002. And it is crazy to me that there was one incident. incident, And then for 20 years, we have now had to continue to take off off our shoes. Yeah. Yeah. It might be time to revisit that at some point. I'm just saying. I don't know. I'm not mad about it. I would rather get there safely and be we be a little uncomfortable, even with you know his gnarly feet on the floor. <laughs> I mean, that just, is hey, just do what you got to I mean, do. Do you ever feel like I'm at my low point in life when you're standing with the cold airport <laughs> tile under your bare feet? Yeah, where it gets really embarrassing and depressing is when you your stuff comes to the scanner and you grab it and you kind of got to look at who's watching because you got to take the other foot and scrape the stuff off the bottom that that's stuck to it. And for that, for that, for that like eight seconds, you're looking and if you make eye contact with somebody, that's the low point right there. But if I can just go kick, 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 kick and just, and just get it all off all the pebbles, all the, all the pet fur, and whatever, real quick, and no one paid attention. So what, I'm cool. Do you use your hand to get the the debris off the bottom of your feet, or do you use your like opposite calf? You just give the swipe on the opposite calf to get the dirt off the bottom of your feet. Yeah, it's more like a heel and calf oh, scrape. It, never the God, hands. Ne- never the hands. Oh, at least you're sanitary about <laughs> it. This guy, man. But when guy. I but, but when I'm sitting on the plane, 
I know not to show somebody my feet. Like they're either under my chair or scooted way up underneath the person's chair in front of me because I don't want this lovely woman or, or man next to me just to trying to listen to their music or watch see whatever and just gnarly see, toes. see my yeah. feet down there. Yeah, so. and you've got those long finger toes too. Yeah, I so do. I get it, yeah. Uh, so so <laughs> like, like Mike Tyson punching a man on a flight last night, all right? Like we generally, when we travel, are seeing someone do something in an airport or an airplane that make us want to punch them. Like, again, Iron Mike did last night. And by the way, shout out Gamma Rays, who just uh, messaged me on Instagram, uh, at Ken Levick, if you want to hit me up. Uh, There is video of this. I've not seen the video of this, but you're getting an indication of why Mike went off last night on this dude. Um, But what at an airport or on an airplane makes you want to Mike Tyson somebody? When you travel, what do you experience on an airplane or in an airport that most makes you want to punch somebody like Mike Tyson did last night. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You can tweet at us at KLV1063. A man, a man with a brain walked on a plane and annoyed Mike Tyson to the point where we took several hooks to the face, to the jaw, to the head last night on this flight from San Francisco to Florida. What do you experience when you travel at an airport or on an airplane that makes you most want to punch somebody like Mike Tyson did? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and on Twitter, at KLV1063. We're presented by... The FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program, 22 years, 22 years of doing it with the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, and that being sending students to the sports industry. Dream jobs. I want to work in sports. I don't know how to do it. I'm telling you right now. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Sign up for fall semester classes now at fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Take them on campus in Boca Raton. You can also take them remotely from the comfort of your home. There's no reason not to. If you've wanted to work in sports, why not go to a place that has so many examples of success, so many former students in the sports industry in a multitude of ways. It's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. When you fly, whether you're in an airport or on the plane, what do you experience that most makes you want to punch people like Mike Tyson did last night? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. She's Keely Ferguson, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. He's Stone Lebanowitz with the gnarly, debris-filled feet. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. We are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA Sport. So it looks like, and again, appreciate Gamma Rays for sending the DM on Instagram about the Mike Tyson video, him punching the dude last night. By the way, of course it's a white guy. Like, of course. Looks right? like an Aussie. Um, well, I don't know. Looks like a dumbass. <laughs> I mean, it seems like this dude's trying to sell Mike Tyson shrooms, right? Just based on the video and, and what shrooms. his boy his boy is filming him. Because everybody needs clout, right? Yeah. In TikTok age, everybody wants some clout. Everybody wants to put up an Instagram video. Everybody wants to be a star. They want their 15 minutes until they're bleeding out of their temple like this idiot last night. I, he went to the cops after, so that's those two don't even add up. Yes, Maybe. they absolutely do. They absolutely do. Yeah. Because he was embarrassed that he got, he wanted clout. He wanted, look at me. I'm being a jackass to Mike Tyson. Mike, 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 Mike. And then he paid consequences, and then he couldn't handle it, so his fragile little ego okay. Okay. that wasn't even what? capable of handling the stardom went and scurried off to the cops. I, oh, wait, what? Hmm? Scurried? Scurried. Scurried. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> That's what, what dorks saying. like that do. They scurry. Okay, I well, but if that if that part were true that he were he was bothering him for clout, I think they would have been filming earlier. We caught the end. We caught the, we caught Mike Tyson well, punching him. Stuff gets real when Mike yeah. Tyson starts throwing blows. But no, oh, there's no, a whole, I'm saying, no, 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 but, but there's a whole. You understand what I'm saying? There's a whole lead into the video though. There's a whole lead in oh, with him. Th- I missed oh, the lead no, in. he's leaning over Mike Tyson's yeah. seat. Mike's just sitting there. This dude's overseeing. Like Mike, Mike, Mike. There's my boss. You're a boss. Uh, 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 and then his boy, his boy. Maybe he was it. high. I, I, he he I mean, says I in the video, does. Mike, let's smoke later. Mike, let's smoke yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But his boy is filming him from across the aisle. At uh, one point, he's oh, like, I missed oh. that part. Send he's me like, that one. My boy is talking with, with Mike Tyson. This bleep crazy. So, uh, oh, see, I caught the up. end of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, uh, They okay. were setting it up to be a TikTok, and then you'll see it on your reel, and then it got real. Right. <laughs> it I, went from being a, 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 a reel to being real, real quick. I, I agree, but I also think, to that pre-social media, you would have still had that. Because what I think, I think what happens is people like to try you in general. And it's Mike Tyson. Though. People think want to, you know what? The, but yes, but I think wasn't there at some point boxers, at least if you were actively boxing, you couldn't you couldn't hit people. It's still a thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's still a thing for UFC fighters and boxers. It didn't look right. like he was going too hard. He gave him three or four to the chin, to the face, right. to the cheek. That was it. Because it, your hands are considered deadly weapons. Yes. But does that happen now with that you're retired? Even though he's still Iron Mike. That's not my point. But my point is if if you know somebody can't hit you or isn't supposed to hit you, then you take a little bit more license. Because you're like, they're not going to hit me. They're not going to do anything to me. <laughs> Did they hit you. <laughs> right. And all I <laughs> know. you get hit. I, I know Mike Tyson's history. I know that he can be a little, at least in a previous life, oh, how do you put it, unhinged, uh, dangerous. Mm. Uh, He has had one of the most incredible reputation reversals in the history of humanity. I've never seen anything like it, but I do know I'd want to be in with Mike Tyson and not on the outs with Mike Tyson. That's, That's just me. Who am I? I'm just a jackass, right? I'm just an idiot who talks on the radio. But I like to think my common sense brain is probably mm-hmm. in the right space here. Right, it's right. It's something of a nightmare. Like when I close my eyes and just see a flurry of Mike Tyson yes. punches. That, that, that's nightmare and stuff. And Mike Tyson, he's been retired for a long time, but he's got ham hocks. I mean, those and guys. he's still quick. Those guys still hit the yeah, gym. Like he's still hitting yeah. the bag. Yeah. He's still hitting the bag. He's got form. Like he didn't lose it. I mean, A tasty come delicacy, on. by the way. Ham hocks. Ham hocks? Mm-hmm. How do you prepare those? Or maybe I'm thinking about hog mogs, not ham hocks. I think about hog mogs. I've never had ham hocks. Okay. Continue. All right. Uh, <laughs> Keely <laughs> Ferguson, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. She will have a ham hock recipe at some point before uh, <laughs> 2 o'clock. Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights. Uh, I want to discuss Debo Samuel because yesterday, as we were on the air, Keely, the news mm-hmm. broke that Debo Samuel is requesting a trade. From the 49ers. And mm. this was for him last year, the breakout year, because mm-hmm. he had his running prowess added into his ability to catch the football. Mm-hmm. And that made him the most unique player in the NFL last season, the most dynamic player in the NFL last season, the most mm-hmm. unique player in the NFL last season. And uh, so yesterday, Stone and I are immediately speculating is this a guy who's worth two first round draft picks? Tyreek Hill wasn't even worth two first-round draft picks. He mm-hmm. was worth five draft picks, but the Dolphins only gave up one to get him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Devontae Adams was a two-first-round yep. pick guy. Is Debo Samuel at the level of a of a Devontae Adams, or is he more valuable than Tyreek Hill because of all of the things that he can do? Where would be the best landing spot for him? Would they know how to properly utilize everything he brings to the table? And there was the question of why does he want to leave San Francisco? Uh Well, a little bit of insight from Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network, who was on the Rich Eisen show yesterday. Listen to this about Debo and his reasons for wanting to leave Cali potentially on the Rich Eisen show. So is there like a happy medium that he can't like he? Is that something that all teams that might be acquiring Debo that need, they need to check with him first to see like what his idea of his his running back play limit is like carries that he's willing to do at all? You absolutely have those conversations because you're going to need to work out a contract extension with him. So that's all going to be you know part of this. You know at this point again, 
Um, you know, I, I'm not under the impression the 49ers have given um, Debo's agent, Tori Dandy, permission to talk to other teams. I think we all know that there are various back channel conversations that happen uh, in all these types of situations. But one of the interesting things is, remember, Kyle Shanahan has a lot of his former assistants who are coaches of some of the teams who may be interested in Debo. So Debo doesn't necessarily, it sounds like, like the way he's used any longer. Mm. He actually wants less touches because he wants to focus more on being a receiver. Mm -hmm. I get it. You want to elongate your career. He takes a lot of hits Mm -hmm. when he lines up as a running back, Mm -hmm. right? Or he takes a jet sweep or he tries to get around the edge. Takes a lot of contact. That said, Debo Samuel, the receiver, isn't even worth three-quarters of what Tyreek Hill is or what Devontae Adams is solely as a receiver. What makes Debo Samuel in the conversation as a two-first-round pick guy and a Tyreek Hill money kind of guy is Debo Samuel, the receiver, and the runner. Mm-hmm. And therein lies the problem. Because if Debo's a receiver, then some team is going to get hoodwinked because you're not getting the complete Debo package. And the whole Debo package is worth mm-hmm. it, but... The half package of just the receiver, that ain't it. And how do you even do that? I know. At this point in your career to go, you know what, I don't I don't want to do that. I just want to focus on this thing. When what we signed up for was the package, it was the Debo experience, not this one trick yeah, thing right. you can do over here. Did that was, college was the time to try to try to <laughs> try to find your niche. Yeah. Regarding that, I mean the 49ers, the, water, even. <laughs> the 49ers, and then his willingness and his versatility and his freak athleticism made him into this mythical figure mm-hmm. and and put him on this pedestal that we've put him on, rightfully so. But if you take away the secondary part of it, I mean Stone, that completely changes everybody's perception on Debo Samuel. There wasn't one team in the league that wouldn't laugh at I want Tyreek Hill money if Debo said, "Nope, I'm just lining up out wide." No doubt about it. I fear that once we threw his name in the conversation with A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, him, and who was the other one that, you know, the headline was, who's going to get the bigger bag? Well, who, it was Stephon Diggs, and he got his money. Yeah, mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. deserves the bigger bag? I, I, I fear that once he saw his name in that conversation, and, and it clicked within that, I'm a 40-plus million-dollar man. Uh-huh. I'm a max guy. The problem is there's a big asterisk with the right. Samuel. Right, and, and so maybe his head went to, if I'm a $40 million guy... I can't be getting banged up. I can't be running the ball and getting tackled by these D-linemen and these linebackers. I'm worth more than that. I'm trying to go the distance. I'm trying to play 17 seasons. So it's odd because I know what it's like on the field and in meetings. Like He knows he was a third down back for San Francisco. He was a big part of that operation. Mm-hmm. And we haven't heard about any any of this like when he was with the Niners. We didn't hear that he didn't want to run the ball. He, right. loved, he was known as a tough guy. right? He was known as the guy who could do it all. But out of the blue, this is odd. Things, things take a twist. Yeah, so look at let's look at his numbers because uh, he has played significant postseason football. He absolutely has value. But uh, you look at last year. This was his breakout year, and 1,400 receiving yards is amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's really strong by any measure. It's a number, those are number one wide receiver numbers. It, it is number one wide receiver numbers. The problem is it's not Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams type of you need another year of production like that before you start discussing him even in the same sentence as Devontae For Adams sure. and Tyreek Hill but do you get those numbers because of all the other stuff you can bring and now uh, other teams other defenses don't really know how to scheme right. for you Ex- so that's yeah. how you get those numbers exactly. if you're solely a receiver you're do a, you get those numbers right. because let's look at his previous two years 2020 I mean he was hurt 391 receiving yards and then he had 11 starts, 15 appearances, 2019, 800 yards receiving. Wow. So 800 yards, that's good. That's good. But good Lord, that's not Tyreek Hill right. and Devontae Adams. You, and he's not a gimmick because he'll do all these things. Mm-hmm. And the right offensive mind can find a way to line him up in the backfield or run him on a jet uh-huh. sweep or, or put him in the slot or spread him out wide. Um, so his versatility, he's got to understand. And I hope someone's trying to tell him. That your versatility is what would put you in the conversation of Tyreek Hill money. If you just want to be a receiver, sorry, you've got to be reasonable with your contract. You're going to blow this. You could possibly blow the deal. Well, and 
if you're going to do that, you need to prove to us that you can be just a receiver before you go demanding a certain amount of money. Yeah. Because to your point, Stone, the reason you're a $40 million guy is because of all the other things you bring to the table. Right. Right. I, I just, I, I would hate to see this guy, and I, I appreciate him valuing himself. And he has a ton of value when he's Debo Samuel, as, as Keeley put it, the experience. Mm-hmm. Debo Samuel, the receiver, you're getting into some dicey territory if you are banking on a team paying you and you holding out because you just want to catch footballs. It's like I was thinking, I was trying to think who, you know, when I think of my era, if you will, would that have been? That's like Michael Vick <laughs> when he was playing, saying, you know, I'm not going to run anymore. I just think, yeah. I just think I'm going to be a pure pocket passer. I mean, you can do that. Yeah, you can do it. You're but, both uh, to do that. Yeah. But that's hidden, and that's where the experience part came from. Like, remember right. you had the Michael Vick experience? That was the experience. That is what we have you for yeah. we have you to do all these well, other things because yeah. now people don't know how to how to defend against at least that. mike vick was doing that later in his career this is going to be right. year four right for debo right it's tough to say after your third year in the league uh you know what what made me the most dangerous weapon in the nfl i don't want to do that anymore yeah it doesn't show self-awareness it's almost arrogant. it is a lack of self-awareness it well, completely gen is. z yeah. Uh, yes. Sorry, De- Devo's gone full Gen, Gen Z. Z. That's what, right. What I do love, though, and Tom Placero mentioned it, back channel conversations. Mm-hmm. We know who that first call was. Well, you know, Debo's boy is Mike McDaniel, mm-hmm. and all I'm saying, if there's a guy who could convince Debo, we won't run to you say, as much. You know what? We won't run you as much. Just we'll have select packages for you. <laughs> hey, I helped create this scheme. We'll we'll take care of it. For you guys you. are gonna it's lose. Gonna be the Dolphins. Your Minds, All I know, if that's I mean, Keely, here's the thing. You're going <laughs> yesterday to, was like, a tease. You're going to lose. Like, we're going to have to go to Ken's house. We got a new mantra. Dude, we're going to have to go to Ken's. Then we're going to have to go to Stone's house and make sure y'all need, y'all going to have to need IV fluids because y'all mm. are just going to pass out. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Now, now the Dolphins do have two first-round picks next year. And so if Debo says, hey, you know what, Coach Mike, I'll run the ball. I'll line up in the backfield. I'll be Debo the experience. <laughs> You know what I say? One of the new show mantras, because the first show mantra right now is Heat and Five. Heat and Five, that's the show mantra. That's a good one. the second show mantra now is, F those picks. Just get rid of them. Yep. Bring them in. F those picks. Pay that man. (laughs) F those picks. Like yesterday, Keely, I'm saying it with my chest. F those picks. Give them up. Let's go get Debo. If he's going to run the football, (laughs) if he's going to have a change of mind, F those picks. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at us at KLV1063. Debo Samuel, what actually, what's his best comparison? His best receiver comparison in the NFL. Who is it if he's just going to catch footballs? Like, is he even Amari Cooper? No, because he can't play the outside 90% of the snaps like Amari Cooper does. AJ Brown? The, no, because of the size. AJ Brown's a lot bigger than Debo is. Oh boy, who is who is who is Debo's who is Debo's Third equal in the charm. NFL if he's just gonna <laughs> catch the football? If he's just gonna catch footballs, who is his comparison? I, I just I don't know. I need to be enlightened. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776 and tweeted us at KLV1063. When we return, this is a draft that does not have many interesting quarterback storylines. Good thing that we have a former Division I quarterback in this studio with us right now. It is the debut of Stone Labanowitz's no-name quarterback draft report when we come back. <laughs> She's Keely Ferguson, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. We are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. It's where I got my Kia K5 GT. I love that car. It is blue and it is sparkly and it is fun. And hey, if I'm going to sit in gridlock traffic all over South Florida at all times of the day, might as well do it in an automobile that you like, right? So at least I'm in a good situation. And I got that car again at Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. It, listen, this is a time where life's too short to, to have a car that you don't like. 
life's too short. If you're able to 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 find some place that's going to help you with your financing and make sure that you can handle your car payments, why drive a clunker? Why drive something that you don't like? Go over to Greenway Kia West Palm Beach, and this is why I mess with them. This is why. It's because they have a credit clinic on site. I have had most of my adult life, I have had major credit problems. You know, you get a little bit loose with the card in college, your first card, and then things sort of spiral out of control, your early 20s, swipe, 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 and the next thing you know, you're in debt. And those credit card companies, they don't mess around. I know a lot of you are in that situation. I was in that situation. At Greenway Kia West Palm Beach, they understand it. They get it. They totally get it. And that is why they have bank reps on site to find financing that works for you so you don't have to sit there and fret and wake up at night wondering, how do I make my next car payment? You have enough to worry about. Don't worry about the car payment. That's the mantra at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. And I can appreciate that. And with gas prices sky high, fuel efficiency, that's big. Kia automobiles, so many fuel-efficient models. Head over there now. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach, Military Trail, half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport. That's Greenway Kia West Palm Beach, GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Thursday means Keely Ferguson, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Lavica. The NFL Draft is next Thursday, Keely. Wow. Next Thursday. How pumped are you? Wow. And Sunfest is next weekend, too, eh? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Sunfest in the draft. A match made in heaven. Uh, well, but now you got to stay in and watch the draft and then the first go 20 the picks. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. only watching on Thursday after yeah. that. We're like, eh. yeah, after that, we'll pretend we know what we're talking about. Everybody else does. You look at a mock. <laughs> Here's what you do. Here's a little peek behind the curtain with Sports Talk Radio. What you do for Friday and Saturday uh-huh. of the draft is you look at someone else's mock draft and be like, oh, that guy was really strong off the edge at Rutgers. And that's what you say. Okay. And that's how, that's how you lead people to believe you know what you're talking about. Ah. Yeah. Okay. 100%. For those aspiring broadcasters, that was Sports Talk 101. Uh, so that's what you do, Ken? Oh, yeah. If you, you just look at the box. If you hear me talking about a, a Rutgers pass rusher on Monday after the draft, <laughs> I promise you, that's all I did. Okay. It's but that's but all that's, that's part of it. You did your research. Mm-hmm. You know what research. a pass. You know what a pass rush is. Yeah, yeah. You know what the positions are. Right. You laid the foundation. You and don't I, have to know every single yeah. thing about every single player all the time. And I know where Rutgers <laughs> is, so everything is good. It was perfect. It it, it it is it absolutely is foolproof. But this is an NFL draft that, unlike past years, is fairly bereft of major quarterback implications. Can't pulling out the word of the day. <laughs> In fact. The major debate is, will a quarterback go in the top 10? That's been the most frequent query when discussing the NFL draft. Well, it's a good thing, Keely, that Mm -hmm. we have someone that always pays attention to the quarterbacks. He (gasps) is someone that always has his eye on the men who are throwing the rock. Who is it? Stone Lebanowitz, Friday Night Lights, South Fork High School legend, Southern Illinois college football playoff game winner, and he presents for the very first time the Stone Lebanowitz no-name quarterback draft report. Huh? 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 All right. We're traveling down to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> That's where we find 23-year-old Kenny Pickett. Mm. Now, first, you mentioned that quarterbacks aren't very popular in this draft. We don't know if they're going to go top 10. A lot of us don't know who they are. So we're going to get specific. I have an audio from Mike Tannenbaum that I want to play where he breaks it down to the three teams that it's possible we see Kenny Pickett go to. Okay. If I'm Matt Rule, I'm sitting there, guy, saying, who gives us the best chance to win this year? Is it Sam Darnold? Do we re-sign Cam Newton? To me, Kenny Pickett, and I go back to one thing, 49 career starts. He was coached by Mark Whipple. I'm not saying that Kenny Pickett is going to be this transformational player. He may wind up being Kirk Cousins, who, by the way, now makes $35 million a year, and he's not a great quarterback either, but he's a good quarterback. Ooh, and to me... If I'm the Panthers, Kenny Pickett stabilizes the position. He's solid. He's mature. And to me, if I'm Matt Rule, I have a better chance to win games this year with him over Sam Darnold. So there's three teams. It's the Carolina Panthers, like Mike T. just mentioned. Uh-huh. It's the Detroit Lions, or it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. The reason we haven't seen Baker Mayfield get picked up is because there's really nowhere to go. But a few teams can bring in young guys. Now, the coolest that I saw between Sam Darnold and Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett is only, as of yesterday, one year and one day younger than Sam Darnold, wow. who's now going on his fifth 
season in the NFL. Wow, Kenny Pickett is old. Old, yeah. right? 49 starts under center. That's major. Okay. When you're talking experience, that's why we had questions about Mitch Trubisky coming in. He's only started mm-hmm. 10 games. Kenny Pickett started almost 50. Over 12,000 yards passing. 88 touchdowns. And those are unreal numbers. Like You can trust that a guy is going to come in and, and kind of know what's going on. He has some experience. Yes, the NCAA, but it's not that far off. Football is football, especially at the quarterback position. Now, where it gets tricky when you're talking Kenny Pickett over Sam Darnold, I turn to Mac Jones and Cam Newton, how that situation went down. Cam Newton was the more experienced guy, right? He knew more. When you're sitting in a quarterback meeting, Cam Newton has seen these defenses before, and Mac Jones was a rookie. So we all thought Cam was going to start. Bill Belichick pulled the rug out underneath Cam, said, no, Mac Jones has been here before. He knows what we're talking about, so I'm going to go with the start. So I don't think that Sam Darnold's experience in the league has much to do over Kenny Pickett. I think Kenny Pickett goes to Carolina. I could see it happening. It'd be a good spot. Matt Rule is on the hot seat, but there's a lot of things Kenny Pickett does well. He's arm arrogant, like Kyler Murray and Justin Herbert and Patty Mahomes. Arm arrogant. Did you hear that? I did. I love that. Arm arrogant. No receivers too far down the field for this guy. No windows too small. He has all the arm angles. He's able to do, you know, the stuff that we're seeing nowadays. You see Matthew Stafford go sidearm. Kenny Pickett's showing us he can do that before, and that's kind of where the game's evolving. He's able to elude the pocket when when it breaks down. He's able to extend plays. I think Kenny Pickett is probably the most NFL-ready quarterback in this draft. 49 starts is triple than Malik Willis. It's triple than Sam Howell and these other guys on the board. So I think Kenny Pickett's the name I wanted to bring up first. It's the name you'll probably see the most besides Malik Willis, and and I think it's for him either Carolina, Detroit, or Pittsburgh. That's a good breakdown. Stone is really, really prepared. That was excellent. I know, right? But he glossed over one thing. Uh One thing, Keely. Uh What about his baby hands? What effect does that have? Now, this is a touchy subject for me because Literally. I'm not, not the baby hands. I'm not a big guy either. And that was kind of my downfall. I'm five foot ten and I have bigger hands than Kenny Pickett uh, does. I know. He has like the smallest hands in draft. What history. was it, eight inch and three quarters? Yeah, they're eight barely nine. Quarters? Yeah, they're they're nine. And didn't you say you were like a little bit Yeah, I was nine and nine? a half. I was nine and a half. So does that half inch make? So I feel like this conversation is going to devolve into something ridiculous. <laughs> but it uh-huh. does. Size matters here, Keely. Okay. Well, I don't disagree with that ever. But does that half an inch make that big a difference? It does. I played football at Southern Illinois University. Okay, it snows. It's freezing cold six mm-hmm. months out of the year. I wore gloves. I had to. Kenny Pickett wears two gloves when he plays, mm-hmm. no matter the weather, no matter what city he's playing he's in. Because he's got Ken doll hands. Because he has Ken doll hands. They're so small, but he has shown us in games. When it's rainy, when it's cold, he's come through. He hasn't fumbled the ball, hasn't made dumb decisions throwing the ball deep down the field where he, he can't make it there. So you don't think teams should be worried about the the – because why is it an issue now? Did the football all, all of a sudden become bigger? All right. it, it, it's a different football, yes. It's not necessarily but bigger, it's not bigger, but it's a different football. So how much is that going to matter when you couple that with 49, 49 starts and all the experience he already has collegiately? Not much. And playing in different weather. You can be, you see? You can be yeah, 100%. You can be really excited or, or, or you know, ready for a kid who's almost had so, 50 starts under center. Sounds like Stone's not worried about the Polly Pocket hands. I'm not. All right. All right. <laughs> So, wait, we got baby hands. Baby hands. Ken Levickahan hands. Ken I mean, hands. I'm sorry, I thought it said Ken Levickahan hands. I've, Ken Doll hands. My hands are probably similar to Kenny Pickett, and I'm 5'6. Uh, <laughs> and then we've got uh, Polly Pocket hands as well. <laughs> but none of those matter. And that concludes a very good nice first job, edition of Stone, Stone Labanowitz's No Name Quarterback Draft Report. <laughs> when we return, did you get a high at your wedding? She's Keely Ferguson, WPTV <laughs> News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.